0: Christmas to kids can seem like it takes forever to get here. Can any of you remember, maybe kiddos, the thought of like Christmas seems like it's forever away? You know, it's the 11th of December. How many days till Christmas? Some child is ready to go. He's got the math ready. He knows 13, if you count Christmas Day, 14 days to Christmas. We sing the little song, the 12 days of Christmas, to think about how long it takes to get here. Now, to parents, does Christmas take a long time to get here? (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, Some of you are already thinking what I must accomplish today in order for Christmas to happen a couple weeks from now. But it's a feeling that kids have that it's long coming, that it takes a long time to get here, that every day gets longer. It's Halloween candy, and then it's something with a Thanksgiving turkey, and then it's Christmas. And it's Christmas that they think about for a long, long time. But what if you were waiting for something more than 14 days, or a month, or even a couple months? What if you were waiting for something your entire life? Your whole life you were waiting for something to come. What if your parents were waiting and your grandparents were waiting and actually generation after generation before you were waiting for something, someone to come? We begin a new series this morning called Long Awaited. And it will be our Christmas series for the next several weeks as we think about the long awaited one. That God promised to sin. And this morning I want to focus particularly on some of the names given. Now I have a little game that I'd like to play here. And actually I'm wondering if I could get a few volunteers. Miss Crystal gave me some volunteers. But actually she recommended Aiden, Maverick and Whitney. Can those three come right up and just stand right here with me? If that'd be okay. Come on up, come on up. Come on, y'all, just stand right there. We're gonna play a game called the nickname game. Are y'all ready to play a little game? Yeah. You sure? Okay, all right. And and you're Aiden, is that right? Yep. No, No, (laughs) that's not right. I'm sorry? Tell me your name again. Grayson. Grayson, that's right. And Whitney, is that right? And? Maverick. Maverick. Okay, Maverick's here in the end. The way this works, the nickname game is, each of you in turn are gonna give the other person a nickname, yeah, that's right. So the way it works, the first person will stand here. How about Maverick, you stay standing right here and the others of you come down here with me on this front step and we're gonna give Maverick a nickname and it's up to you to come up with a nickname. So come here, we gotta huddle up together over here, huddle up together. So the way this will work is Maverick's first name starts with an M. We need to think of something that's wild that also starts with an M, magic. What else? What do you think? Like think? Think wild, like a crazy animal or a crazy person what would you call them kind of the name maverick may already kind of be that name cheetah? oh maverick the cheetah yes you are the cheetah yes that actually makes a lot of sense doesn't it all right maverick you come down and and Winnie, how about you hop up there now we're gonna do your nickname now guys this is the way it works for this okay we got to think of the last thing you ate at a restaurant What's the last food you ate at a restaurant, Maverick? You ate a shishi? What on earth is a shishi? Sushi. Oh, sushi, sushi. All right, sushi. And what did you eat, Maverick? Um, I think a chicken tender. A chicken tender. Whitney, your new nickname is sushi chicken tender. All right, that one, that one, I still kind of like the cheetah. That makes a little sense. Come on down, Whitney. All right. And Grayson, hop up there. Grayson, here we go. Now, this this one is the best one, guys. Y'all gotta help me out, okay? I need you to think, Maverick first, tell me who is your favorite superhero? Spider Man. Spider-Man and Whitney. What is your favorite little Debbie snack cake? Like a little pie or a cake, would you like? Yes, of course you do. The Christmas tree cake. All right, so Grace's nickname is the Christmas tree cake man. Yes. Yeah, all right. So we had Maverick the Cheetah. We had the Sushi Chicken Nugget, which I thought was clever. Chicken tender, thank you. And we had the Christmas tree man. All right, let's give him a hand for playing the nickname game. Good job, guys. The names were combinations of things. We were coming up with little ways to think. I, I was trying to think what my nickname might be if I took the last thing I ate at a restaurant and it would be chicken footlong. Because I had some Subway last night, so I had a footlong and it was chicken. And you can, for now, forever, the last three weeks of my time here, you can refer to me as Pastor Chicken Footlong, okay? The names told us something. The names told Describe something. The names that are given to announce God's sending of his son means something. They're not random. They're not accidental. They're not just picked out of a book or selected by what's popular each and every year. The names mean something. This morning I'm going to look at three names specifically that give evidence and give clarity to who God sent. And we begin by the given name offered by the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah, as you heard read so beautifully by the three young ladies, is mentioned as The name, the prophesied name, the name that came years before the actual arrival. Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14 says this. This is the prophecy. This is the name. Therefore, the scripture says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel is the name the prophet Isaiah gave, and it's given some 700 years before the arrival. I mean, 700 years before ever there was the person that God would send, the name is given. some of you parents, you had a name chosen before you even conceived. You had a name picked out, a name that might have been a family name or a name that was in the The lineage of your crew. But think 750 years before the name is given. And a sign will accompany this person. The sign as Isaiah says in chapter 714 is that the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. The sign is miraculous conception. Miraculous coming. And his name is. Will be Emmanuel. This is how the gospel Matthew refers to it. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 22. It says all this took place. To fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means God with us. Would you say that with me this, this morning? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. It means God with us. And actually, if you break down the word Emmanuel, you can see the exact explanation. El at the end is the word God. And Emmanuel or imu means with us. And actually, it can mean multiple things. It means God with us, but it can also mean God with you and God with me. And God with us all, it can mean that God is among us or with us or alongside of us. That God is here. Friends, let me ask you this morning, is God here? Amen, he is. God is with us, the creator and sustainer of life, the all-powerful, all-knowing. Eternal, glorious, majestic God is with us. If you imagine all the galaxies that we have yet even to discover or see, God is with us. And from all of those galaxies, all the stars that decorate the night sky, God is with us. And of all the planets that we have found, the millions of planets we have found, we can see yet again that God is with us. God is with us in this massive creation that boggles our mind to really comprehend. God is with us. God sent his son to be with us, Emmanuel. The prophet foretold, the prophet knew. It was an important reminder that the mystery and wonder of Christmas is that God would be with us. Emmanuel, but that's not the only name given. The angel also has a name to give. And the scripture describes two visits, one to Joseph and one to Mary. And the angel, whether two angels or the same, I think it was one and the same, I think it was the angel Gabriel who we have uh, listed as the one visiting Mary, speaks a name different than the name of the prophet, different of the name 700 years before, but a name very specific to who would be sent. Uh, To Matthew, or excuse me, to Joseph, we read in Matthew chapter one, verse 21, And she, referring to Mary, shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now to Mary, the angel says it this way. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Two people, two meager people, one a carpenter who has lived in this little outskirt town called Nazareth with his family and his people and Mary, a girl that he is engaged to or betrothed to, pledged to. Yet before they had been married, before they had been together, God speaks an angel to both of them and both of them hear clearly that she is going to conceive in a miraculous way and bear a son This is before we found out through ultrasounds what the gender might be. And the angel tells them both, name the son Jesus. Now, we hear Jesus. That's the English translation. But his name is actually Yeshua. Yeshua. Can you say Yeshua with me? Yeshua, you were speaking in Hebrew this morning. Congratulations, you said Emmanuel, that's Hebrew. Yeshua is also Hebrew. And Yeshua is an important name. Now, can you hear something in that name that might sound like an important name from the Old Testament? Yeshua kinda sounds like Joshua, do you hear it? And who is Joshua? Well, Joshua, in the Old Testament, was an important man, a hero. Moses led the people out of Egypt, but it was Joshua who led the people into the promised land. And Joshua's name is Yeshua. That's how you would say it. And he was a great hero, a conquering hero, a person of importance. But the angel isn't mentioning Yeshua because of the Old Testament Joshua. Some would say the angel is mentioning Yeshua because it is a derivative of Joseph. Yusef is actually the way you would say Joseph's name in Hebrew. Yusef and Yusef and Yeshua are kind of connected. Any of you kiddos ever get named for somebody in your family? Any of you ever hear a name that kind of was passed down from family member to family member? I have a My grandfather was Ivan Ernest Garrison the first. My uncle is Ivan Ernest Garrison the second. My cousin is Ivan Ernest Garrison the third. You had Ivan, you had big Ernie and little Ernie. And little Ernie is the biggest one of them all. But the name kind of passed down. My father was glad he didn't get the name Ivan Ernest II, because it would have been my brother who probably would have became Ivan Ernest III. I'm the second-born son. Hallelujah for being number two. <laughs> Sometimes you don't get the lineage of the names. But Yeshua is not because of Joseph, Yusef, and it's not because of Yeshua or Joseph, Joshua of the Old Testament. The name actually means something. Yeshua or Jesus actually means God saves. God is our salvation. God saves us. And the angel tags that along in Matthew's account where he says, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save us from our sins. It means God saves. God is our salvation. That Emmanuel, God is with us. We are never forgotten, we are never forsaken, and God saves us. Yeshua, Joshua, Jesus, that God is our salvation, for he will will heal us and save us from our sins. Emmanuel, Yeshua, but that's not the actual only two names. There's one more. It's the name that we read throughout the book of Matthew and it's the name we read throughout the New Testament. And it's the name that we ultimately hear over and over in the book of Revelation. It's the name that often is misunderstood and it's the name given by God. You would think the name given by God is the most important of names. Certainly, the prophet is important. Certainly, angels are important. But the name given by God seems would likely be the most important. And it's the name Christ. Christ. Christ Jesus. And Christ simply is the announcement that God has sent the Messiah, the promised one, the deliverer the one who would be the hope of all the world. Matthew's gospel first verse first chapter says it this way the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ who is all this about who is all this focused on it's not just Jesus but it's the Christ Matthew then continues with the genealogy in verse 16 where he says, And Jacob, the follower of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. Verse 18 in the same passage says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way. Emmanuel is with us. Jesus is our salvation. He who saves his people from their sins and the Christ has come. The Messiah, the anointed one, the promise, the deliverer. Uh, boys and girls, men and women, I've had to tell my students this for 15 years. Christ isn't Jesus's last name. It's not that Joseph Christ was married to Mary Christ and they had a baby named Jesus Christ. It's not his last name. Now, my students, for some reason, laugh at that. You guys look at me like I was speaking heresy. What's wrong? It's not his last name. It's a description of what God has always promised to do to save us, to be with us, to take what was the most precious gift of all gifts and give it so that we might be saved through him. Who is Christ Jesus? Who is Christ Jesus? Well, the Christ, men and women, was promised yet long ago. There are some 90 to 100 prophecies in the Old Testament that told of the Christ to come, the place of his birth, the The preparation that was to come before the Christ is the answer to Adam's sin in the garden prophesied about truly from God that there would be one born of a woman who would put away the problem of sin and the destruction that had caused the Christ is the one the prophets from Isaiah and Zechariah and certainly many others who told that would come one day to reestablish God's kingdom on earth. The Christ was the one certainly conceived of a virgin, miraculously concepted, and the Christ was the one who came in the way that we would have never anticipated, in a way of, of humility and coming in the form of a baby so that he would live a human life among us. Christ came and at his baptism, all friends, when the heavens opened and the voice of God descended, saying about Jesus Christ, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Christ was the doer of miracles, causing the lame to walk and the blind to see and the deaf to receive their sight. And the Christ came, according to Luke's gospel, to proclaim good news that all could be freed from sin and have liberty with God. The Christ came to walk among us and to dwell among us so that we could come and recognize that God is with us and the Christ was the suffering sacrifice, the one that God said he would lay all the sins of the world upon, he is the payment for our sin, for your sin and mine. He is the one that willingly laid down his life and from the cross says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. From the cross cross said, it is accomplished, it is finished. The work that the Christ came to do was not just to be born in a Bethlehem's manger, but was to go to the cross of Calvary so that sin could be atoned for, so that you and I who are sinners, all of us, could stand before a holy righteous god and the Christ men and women brothers and sisters boys and girls rose again glorious defeating sin and death in the grave forever death no longer has its sting hell no longer has a victory the Christ was victorious And the Christ was exalted and ascended into heaven. And the Christ Jesus is at the right hand of the father who will beseech and intercede on our behalf. One day when we will stand before the gates of heaven, it will not be your deeds or my deeds that usher into us. It will be Christ Jesus knowing us as one of his children and us one of his followers. That will be our entrance into the glories. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the first and the last. He is the savior of the world. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the conqueror, returning victorious. Friends, do you know who Christ Jesus is today? We say Christmas, Christ Mass. We say that name Christ the whole month of December. And we attach it to a holiday with presents and a Christmas tree and twinkle lights and that's all Fine and good. But never forget the name. Never forget the Christ who came. In the earliest days of the New Testament church. Songs were being written about Jesus. You can imagine. They would gather together in. Homes or in hidden places. Some underground. Some. In open spaces and they would sing the first songs of the church. The Apostle Paul takes one of those songs and inserts it into the letter to the Philippians. At that point he was in a prison cell in Rome awaiting what would be eventually his execution and death. And he layers that song, the lyrics of that song into his letter. And thus... We have it today in our New Testament. And it's a song about who is the Christ. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. It says it all. Emmanuel, God is with us. He did not count equality with God, something to be grasped, but emptied himself, came in human likeness, came in human form. Friends, Emmanuel, God is with us. And he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Yeshua, he who saves us from our sins, through his death on the cross, but the Christ is there. The Christ name is there because it is the name that is above every name. Therefore, the song crescendos and the song magnifies and the song elevates in this turning. I'm not sure how they sung it in the early church. I'm not sure I know the hymn tune or the the song lyrics in their pattern, but I feel like at this point in the song, it turns, it changes, it lifts because it says then, therefore, therefore, God has exalted his name and given him a name that is above every name. Friends, Jesus Christ is the name above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I can only imagine we get a little taste of that in the book of Acts whenever they are then hearing these words. And in Acts 4, 12, the resounding conclusion of Peter's sermon is this, and there is salvation in no one else, friends, no one else, for there is no other name. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved but the name Jesus Christ. Oh, there's something about a name. Amen? Emmanuel, God with us. Yeshua, God, our salvation. Christ Jesus, the Messiah, who has a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, whether on this earth or in the life to come, every knee shall bow. And every tongue will confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Bill Gaither, bless his soul, wrote a little chorus. Oh, there's just something about that name. It says, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master Savior Jesus, like a fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus, oh my Jesus, let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms, they will all pass away. But there is just something about that name. Only one name given among men by which we must be saved. And his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me have you bow your heads for a moment. There's just something about that name. The name given by God that is above every name. The name at which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Friends, I ask you this morning, do you know him? Do you know that name? And more than the name, do you know Jesus Christ personally? By faith? Do you know him? as the one whom you have placed your life and your hope and your trust upon Do you know the name? He is with you. God with you. He is the Savior. The one who died for your sin. He is the Christ. The Messiah. The promised one. In whom you can trust. Do you know his name? And do you know him by heart and by faith? Would it not be appropriate today that you took the steps to trust that name? If this life comes to a short end, if this life comes to an abrupt closing, you stand before the gates of heaven. There will only be one name that will cause all things to change. And that's the name of Jesus. Do you know him today? As we come to this point of conclusion and response, I'm just asking if there'd be any today that need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ in just a moment, we're going to sing, and I would be honored to show you, pray with you, encouraging you in what it means to know him personally by faith. But as we worship him, let us sing joyfully with all our hearts and sing with our whole being the name that is above every name. So, Father, we come to you now, and we thank you for the hope we have in Christmas. Christ is the center of all we do. I thank you for this time together with our children and with our families. And I pray, Lord, if there be any who need to trust Jesus Christ this very morning, you would cause them to repent and to believe and trust in him. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.